Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose, Angela from Sleepaway Camp, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 317 for tonight. We will be talking about 1993's My Boyfriend's Back. Little horror comedy action for you guys to celebrate the holiday of love. Valentine's Day, ladies and gentlemen. So happy Valentine's. We hope you had a great holiday with your loved ones. And if you don't have a loved one, we hope you had a, a great holiday anyway. You know, lit some candles, had a nice bath, maybe drop a bath bomb in. And just enjoyed the uh, the sights and sounds. I am here, of course, as always with Steve and the return, ladies and gentlemen, after a couple of episodes. Finally, he's back. He's been holding off on us. We've been waiting to do trivia, so it will be the return of trivia tonight as well. Todd is back, ladies and gentlemen, in the house, but a little sad today, I think. Well, let me start by saying my strategy is to get a strong lead in trivia and then not show up for any episodes. And then win by default. Uh, yeah, a little sad today, man. Um, I saw the guys off the air, but it sucks being a sports fan. And we won't stay, stay there too long. Uh, my football team, 49ers, they haven't won since I was seven years old. And they lost to the Chiefs yesterday as of recording. And then my baseball team, 13 years old for the Angels. So it fucking sucks. Good food, but a nail-biter of a game. It was hard to enjoy it. And um, yeah, fuck the Chiefs. So that's it. Yes. And with that... Last week's episode, Steve and I, we won the Super Bowl bet. We both had the Chiefs in that. So, Steve, let's hear it. What is going to be Todd's punishment pick? So, I I don't want to hurt him too bad. Uh, So, I'm going to give him another bet, one of those, like, bad but good picks, you know, just just to be a nice guy. So, I'm going to make you watch Zombie Ass Toilet of the Dead. Which is also going to be the movie for Movie Club this month, um, just because I think yes. more people need to see this super obscure Japanese film. It's, yeah. it's it, it needs to be seen by people. So that is my pick for his punishment: Zombie Ass, Toilet of the Dead, which you can find, shockingly, on Tubi. Wow, you gave it a four star. So I did. I really I like that's it because it's so bad. It's good, or you genuinely liked it. Uh, Noboro Ejuchi director. Mm-hmm. For all you super fans out there, but yeah, okay, well, okay, this is the second time the fucking Chiefs have fucked me for this <laughs> Super Bowl pick. All right, Damn it. yes. So there you go, Zombie Ass Toilet Dead Movie Club. When is Movie Club, Steve? End of the month, right? Yeah, last Friday of the month. It's not this episode. It's next episode's like release date, so the twenty sixth, I believe, if I remember correctly. So yeah, that'll be the next Movie Club. All you have to do is join our Discord, and that's it. There's going to be a link in there on the Friday, and you can join. Awesome. So don't forget, please join our Discord if you haven't already. Amazing stuff over there, as always. You hear it every week, so you know already. Anything else, gentlemen, before we get into horror news? I do want to mention, for me personally, I did attend Evil Dead the Musical over the weekend. So I've actually seen Evil Dead the Musical a couple of times. The the first time I saw it was, actually both times I had seen it prior, was in Vegas. I will say the last time I saw it, I don't remember much. It was like 10 years ago. It was a YouTuber meetup, and we all got like absolutely hammered. 
So I don't, I didn't remember much of it. So Sam and I attended over the weekend with a couple of friends. We sat front row in the splatter zone. I opted not to wear a poncho this time because they were selling for $5. So I cheaped out. I bought Sam a poncho though. And I got to say, buy a poncho, ladies and gentlemen, because it was an absolute bloodbath of a time. It was super fun. They used, I believe it was Kool-Aid. That's how it, it sort of tasted and smelt like. But holy shit, I don't remember ever getting that drenched before sitting in the splatter zone prior, but they literally wheeled out like this cart when Ash cuts off his girlfriend's head. And I sat, I was directly front row, right in front of the fucking thing. And I got absolutely drenched. And then towards the end, when the deadites get killed, they brought out squirt guns and they just started squirting the entire audience with uh, fake blood. And stuff. It was awesome though. It was so much fun. Uh, really, really fun experience. It's like, you know, massively cheesy. So like if you're not maybe in, but I mean the, you know, think, you know, sort of Evil Dead 2 slash Army of Darkness style. And that's kind of what you're getting. It's pure and absolute slapstick comedy. You know, there's not much horror to be had per se, you know, uh, but it's it's so much fun. If you're an Evil Dead fan, there's nods to pretty much every single Evil Dead movie, as well as the Ash vs. Evil Dead TV series in there. Uh, the guy who played Ash was was awesome in it. And it doesn't really follow the... It follows like the movies loosely, but they do kind of incorporate some new story in there as well. I don't know. Have either of you guys seen Evil Dead the Musical? Nope. I did, uh, like, but like 15 years ago. So it's, right. it's, it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, it's super fun. The musical numbers are are a blast. So if you can ever, if you ever have a chance to see it, I, I highly recommend it as a horror fan. I think, I think you'll have a blast with it. So yeah, it was a good time. What about you guys? Anything this weekend or? It was just Super Bowl for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm packing my house up. I packed my horror stuff uh, this weekend, and man, it's so depressing. <laughs> like I spent so long putting all that stuff up. I mean, you, you guys know you're both uh, collectors as well. To put it all down is such a bummer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long before I get to see it again. So I took pictures. If people want to see some of this stuff, I put it up on Discord. Just uh, some of them I'm like, A, for memory, because some of them I want to put kind of the same way I did here. But B, just... Uh, to show off some of the stuff that I never really get to do show off. So yeah, yeah, it's that time again. When's, uh, when's the estimated move, Steve? From I'm like... putting my house up in for sale in April. Uh, okay. So it depends how quickly it sells, uh, which okay. so usually is not going to be off the market issue. soon. Yeah, quick. Yeah, it should, it should be pretty quick. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. And one last reminder Living Dead weekend, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget it. June 7th through the 9th. Come and join us. Monroeville Mall in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. The whole squad will be there, along with a lot of the listeners. The group continues to grow. We are going to have uh, an awesome time. Uh, like we said, this is just going to be this is just a complete pleasure trip for us, uh, not a business trip like our Hocus Pocus event in October. So if you want to just come hang with us, have a, a great time, and just shoot the shit, you know, we'll be going out to a couple of planned dinners, I think, and we're doing the 1 p.m. mall tour on Saturday for the Dawn of the Dead filming locations. So make sure if you do plan on attending, definitely grab that 1 p.m. mall tour. Uh, it's The whole squad will be going to that, as well as many of the listeners will be attending that 1 p.m. mall tour. So please join us for that. Once again, June 7th through the 9th, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. All the info is also in our Discord as well. 
All right. Ready to get into some horror news, gentlemen. Sure. Yeah, do it. Right. Let's spill some tea. Oh, you want the tea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't serve tea. Nope. Instead, you get a cup of Joe. And now here's Joe with the news. Alrighty, thank you so much, Chuck. And here we go. This is your cup of Joe for this week. All right, let's start off with the Super Bowl and the trailers because we got some horror-themed trailers during the Super Bowl. The big rumor, which I don't know where the hell it came from, was that Maxine was going to get a trailer. And I was like, Maxine is not going to get a fucking trailer during the Super Bowl. That is like way too indie of a movie to get a, 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 a $10 million Super Bowl ad put to it. That's like the budget right there. So that was just crazy. But one we did get was A Quiet Place Day One. Now, I got to say personally, I was not extremely excited about this just because like I feel like the first one was great. The second one started tailing off. And now we're like, whenever you start getting into sort of alternate like plots and stuff like that with different people you know like walking dead kind of went that's when like the quality starts to go down but i gotta say this trailer looked pretty awesome to me what'd you guys think i i totally agree i mean the best part of a quiet place part two was the beginning which is basically day one and i think seeing that in a full movie is going to be fucking awesome the trailer just did a really good job of showing how brutal this movie looks like it's going to be and i i was also kind of somewhat hesitant but now i'm fully sold this is something i'll probably go see in theater so yeah it did very effective trailer i think yeah i agree you know i i, I don't like part two part one was cool but i think this is the only uh, direction you can really go with it and i really hope that they do like a dawn of the dead 2004 version of this where it's fucking like insane in the beginning and it calms down and it's insane again like we got to keep our foot on the gas pedal like for this film i think because those monsters are terrifying they're indestructible at this point in the in the film series so like let's go balls of all plus great actress i can't wait to see her yeah absolutely the fact that La lupita niango is going to be Heading this one makes me very excited, uh, as well as Eddie Munson. I can't remember the actor's name right this minute. Joseph uh, Quinn. Munster? I think Joseph Quinn is this. In... <laughs> Eddie Munster, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the two of them are kind of helming this movie uh, definitely makes me a little more excited. So we'll see. The second trailer that uh, piqued my interest that has some sort of a little bit of horror attachment a little more attachment to the podcast probably than horror attachment is Twisters because we did review the movie, I think it was last year or the year before. And I mean, it looks fun to me, but I think I was disappointed that we saw no Helen Hunt in the trailer. Is she coming back? Do we know? Have we heard anything regarding this? I don't think she's coming back um, right. unless they're really hiding it. Well, which is possible. I mean, I'm not putting it past them, but uh, I haven't seen anything that indicates that she will be part of it. Although I have a hunch that she'll at least have a small cameo because we do see her machine being used uh, right. inside the, the movie. As far as for the trailer, though, I'm a huge Twister fan. I watch it all the time. Like it plays a lot here on TV for whatever reason. And I will stop and watch it every single time. The trailer looks fun. But it seems to be missing the point of what made Twister such a good movie. It was the relationship between the characters, their camaraderie, how they like all came together for this common goal. This one just looks like Michael Bay action film with Twisters in it. And maybe that's just a trailer. I don't know. I'm not as excited as I was just by knowing the title. 
I'll go see it because I, I do love Twister, but unlike Quiet Place, I think this one actually lowered my expectations a bit. So we know this is a direct sequel, right? Yeah. Not a not a remake. It looks like, like I, a requel, man. Like there was I, yeah. like it looked like a complete rehash of the first movie. Yeah, it, I agree. It was like we saw all like the sidekick characters and they're being silly just like in the first movie. I'm like, man, they're like trying really hard to capture that spirit, but not in like a spiritual way, more of like a copy and paste for 2024's audience. And that's kind of a bummer. I do like that actor. I thought it looked pretty action packed, but I don't know. I'm on the fence. Like, I don't, this probably won't be a theater for me, but definitely, like, as soon as I hit it, see you streaming, I'll, I'll pop it in. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I like, like I said, I, I feel like it was like a lot of the same beats. Like, you saw like the, the tw- sisters twister, like, you know, in the first movie there, and just like a guy who almost looked exactly like uh, Carrie Ois's like villain <laughs> again. Well, and I, stuff. I, I, I wrote that down <laughs> in last year's trivia saying the prediction is like Carrie Ois will have a son. Yeah, and he's in this. He has to be in this. So I don't know. Do we know that these characters' lineage? Like, are they attached to Bill Paxton? We, we, we don't. We don't know. Not yet. So, it it has to be. There has to be someone's son or fucking nephew. Got to be right. Shit. I mean, they got Dorothy from someone, right? Like, I don't think yeah. it's just, they're just like laying around. So I think there's come some high lineage. I hope maybe one or two actors may come back from like the crew that isn't as well known because obviously we lost two of the best of the crew. So yeah. right. Guess we'll see what happens. Yes. Although he does, we get an appearance from one of them tonight in our movie, My Boyfriend's Back. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk, we'll be able to talk about him then. Yeah, I, I'm assuming like, right, it, maybe it will be the son because I, that kid from Nope, can't remember his name, is seems like he's going to play a pretty big role in this one. So I'm thinking maybe he'll be like the son of uh, Bill Pax and Helen Hahn because I mean, we know they get together at the end. So Kid from Nope. Be... What, what's kids from Nope? The um, guy? The, yes. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I spotted him in the trailer. I didn't spot him either, but Sam got extremely excited. And it seems like he's going to be like a, uh, a main character. And yeah. she's like, oh my God, look, it's blah, blah, blah. I was like, who? And she's like, the kid from Nope. I was like, oh, okay. Who's the court, the third, you know, main actor. The, in, in the nope like there. Radio Shack guy. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He seems like he's going to play a pretty big role. So we'll see. That's all I got for trailers. Was there anything else you guys want to bring up trailer wise? Planet of the Apes looks badass, but it does look cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm. That looks pretty cool. cool. I I love that whole series, so I'm excited to see where that goes. We also got a Deadpool trailer as well, and Wicked stuff, and Wicked, which looked pretty cool. A little that is horror adjacent. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, about the Wicked, the Wicked Witch. I'm surprised we didn't get a Ghostbusters trailer. I thought for sure we were. We've already had like three at this point. I think uh, people get it. You know, and it looks amazing. I can't fucking wait for Ghostbusters. It's it's sprung up to my. Well, it was already my most anticipated, but that last trailer, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Looks amazing. Yeah. It makes me feel good. <laughs> Indeed. Always. And to kind of uh, piggyback off of that, AMC Theaters and Cinemark both announced very special popcorn buckets and sippers for the upcoming Ghostbusters movie. Cinemark is going to be getting an exclusive Slimer uh, popcorn bucket, and AMC Theaters is going to be getting a Ghost Trap popcorn bucket. Um, and then I believe AMC is also getting a Stay Puff Marshmallow Sipper Cup. And Cinemark is getting, I think, just like sort of a Slimer, th- another Slimer-themed uh, cup. So th- that's always cool, like, right? Like, I remember when I went to Scream, I got the uh, the Ghostface-themed popcorn bucket and cups and stuff like that. It's always fun when they do stuff like that for, for fans. So I'm uh, excited for that. Steve had mentioned the Dune popcorn bucket off the air, which a lot of people are saying looks like a flashlight. 
Um, <laughs> oh, so. definitely looks like, a, like someone definitely <laughs> put their pee pee in that at some point. <laughs> I sent uh, the video earlier in the group chat, but SNL did a really funny skit about you know, like fucking the popcorn bucket uh, on last week's episode. So if you have a chance to check that out on YouTube. All right, let's get into some more horror news here. With some really huge news, uh, I had mentioned going to see Evil Dead the musical. Well, the big news coming out, ladies and gentlemen, is a new Evil Dead movie is on the way. Uh, Sebastian Vanacek will be headlining as director for this one. Uh, Horror fans might know him for uh, previously directing a movie called Infested, but he will be on board to direct this one. We don't really know much about this movie yet, except for the fact they are calling this a spin-off movie. So it will not be a direct sequel to uh, the last movie we got of Evil Dead Rise. But here is a little bit of a quote from Sebastian Vanacek, the director. Uh, he said, I told the studio that I wanted to make a nasty film a film that hurts from which you come away tested. Uh, I'm going to put all the horror I have inside and it will be cathartic. And I haven't ruined my, and I have ruined my career if I continue to make films behind it. I will move on to make something uh, other than horror. If all goes well, we should start filming the film at the end of 2024, beginning of 2025 for a release Halloween 2000. And 25. He also went on to mention that Sam Raimi and company are giving him 100% creative uh, freedom on this film. And he said he plans on putting a quote unquote French twist on this movie. Be so that's in it for sure. <laughs> so that's all we get for now. So I got to ask you guys, you know, thoughts. Yeah, you know, I'm more Evil Dead, the better, but let's keep them consistent because I think the lowest rank we all agreed was like a four out of five, so it's pretty damn good. Yeah, my lowest rank Evil Dead was like my number two movie last year, so it's it's pretty, uh, you know, they got big sh shoes to fill, but I'm pretty psyched about it. Same, same. I'm a little disappointed they're calling it a spinoff, so like where do we go from here? Like I'm surprised they're not kind of continuing it on. I did hear some people speculating that this could be you know, a prequel where we go back to uh, what we heard in the tapes from the last Evil Dead Rise movie, which I think would be kind of a, a cool take. You know, I know you, Todd, kind of had mentioned you were, that's kind of yeah, where you were I'd, hoping I'd they love, would go. I'd love the idea of a priest just battling Deadite priests. That'd be so freaking cool. Definitely. So we will see. We'll obviously keep you guys updated. Another director news here, and this one I think will excite most fans of the Saw franchise, and that is that Saw X filmmaker, director Kevin Rutert, who directed the last movie, will be returning to direct the next installment of Saw 11, which makes me excited because I thought Saw 10 was great. It was a, a big step up from the last few Saw movies, and to have him back at the helm, I think, is is the right choice. There was talk about him not returning, but he will be returning. Saw 11 heading back to theaters next year or this year september 27th 2024 so yeah very excited for that my, my, my joke for that doesn't work because i forgot these were prequels but is the new saw going to be in a rest home because he's fucking <laughs> 85 years 85, old or something yeah. it's like come on tobin i know i mean it's Definitely. awesome that he's doing work obviously but it's Definitely. like how far can we keep going with him 
until he dies i think honestly but they're gonna milk that shit (laughs) yes of course until he can't stand anymore pretty much and then even then they'll probably put him in a wheelchair and wheel his ass out there for the movies as long as he can still act uh i I just hope i can get him at one more con he hasn't been doing cons recently and i i fear with his age he might not do many more although barbara Steele is like 96 and is doing one next month for monster mania wow yeah that's sick (laughs) yeah so we shall see. All right. What do you think, guys? Chucky in space. Well, it has been, you know, talked about for a while now. And Don Mancini recently in an interview said he might send Chucky to space, but only if the fans want to. Uh, in a recent interview, he was asked about it. And he went on to say, people keep asking me that specific question. My response is, do you want him to go to space? Do you personally want him to go? I feel like if there's enough demand for that, we'll have to do that eventually. I know how, uh, I don't know how quickly, but I do have an idea for that. And then after that interview, Mancini immediately went over to X, AKA Twitter and asked the fans, would you like to see Chucky go to outer space? He said, Chucky might go to space. So I got to ask you guys, do you want to see Chucky go to space? How many times was the word space used in that article? (laughs) No, I mean, I'm good. (laughs) But you're the the only one that's like pretty current with the series. Right. Season three, right? Yeah, we're like uh, part one of season three right now. They've been on a break because of the writer's strike. They had to take half the season off. What do you think since you're current basically with it no i mean i think going to space is like the joke right like although chuck like i feel like if anyone's gonna go to space it might work for chucky because like that series that sort of series franchise has already sort of gone off the rails and this the tv show of chucky it might work because it's so fucking goofy now but i still think no like just sending any horror character to space is just it's just too like corny and cheesy at this point. I think like where they went now with him, like Chucky in the white house was a cool idea and it's been working for the TV show. But, you know, I would say for the TV show, maybe send him to space, you know, cause you can just, you know, you run, start running out of ideas on TV series. But as far as like a standalone movie of Chucky in space, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like where they're going <laughs> to send the series anymore. It's, I guess so, right? If he's in the, at the White House, where else do you go? I guess up. I personally like the space movies that we've had so far, uh, Jason X and Leprechaun Four. Uh, like they're ridiculous, but I, I kind of like them for that. So I'm not totally opposed to seeing Chucky go to space at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the worst kept secret in Hollywood right now or in the horror circles is Fede Alvarez's, of course, Alien movie. And what it is going to be called, it, of course, has been touted as the Untitled Alien movie. But, you know, everyone kind of already knew it was coming, but it has officially been announced that the new Fede Alvarez movie will be called Alien Romulus. will be releasing August 16th of this year. And uh, as we reported on, I think, last week or the week before, it's supposed to slot in between the first and second movie. So we shall see. Very excited. Obviously something we will be reviewing. I'm I'm, I'm excited for something now this year. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah, I'm pumped. I really can't wait. I mean, definitely the right director to take over that franchise. And one last bit of news tonight. Steve, get out the box of tissues. Not for that reason, but for tears, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) As it has been announced that The Conjuring 4 will be the planned final installment in the main series of Conjuring movies with Michael Chavez on board to direct this one. Michael Chavez previously, of course, directed The Nun 2 and our personal favorite, of course, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. (laughs) And I believe uh, The Curse of La Llorona, if I remember. Yeah, I think you're right. So (laughs) not a great track record um, for the for the Conjuring series movies there, but uh, plot details currently are being kept completely under wraps for right now. But Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are expected to return and a summer shoot in Atlanta for this year is expected. So I got to ask, do you believe it? Do you believe this is going to be the fun? I kind of do personally. I think this will be, I think from here, Patrick and Vera will probably kind of step away and we'll just get Conjuring Universe movies from here on out, or at least maybe for the next 10 years and then they'll return, you know, as as the way it goes. But yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree that I think this will be the last Conjuring movie with those two attached, at least. I'm not convinced we're not going to see more Conjuring, like with with that name uh, movies coming out. I think that franchise is just worth too much to producers out there. So I'm not really convinced that that actually be the end of this storyline. Just, I think it'll be with different actors. Uh, As for the director, I don't fucking get it. Like you, you guys obviously conjuring three didn't work. So bringing back the same director makes no sense to me at all. I was kind of hoping that like one would take it up just as like a farewell, the series, you know, just give it to the person who made it popular in the first place. But yeah, I'm, I've very little uh, optimism for this movie right now. Yeah, same. Like, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, the director's track record, unfortunately, has not been great. And after the last Conjure movie, it's probably the right decision to kind of step away and, you know, leave it, leave it be at this point. But I mean, you know, they're going to make a million Conjuring Universe movies. You know, the nun will continue on, hopefully bringing up the quality a little bit. I mean... We'll see how it goes, and we'll keep you guys up to date on that. Obviously, something we'll end up reviewing. (laughs) There is a that was your last piece of news. Yeah. Yes. You got anything? Yeah, I do. Two things. So the Disney just had their like earnings call recently, and they announced two movies that are being worked on that I am pretty psyched about, and that is Predator is getting a new spinoff. It's untitled as of right now, but the rumor is it's going to be in feudal Japan, but in the future, I think, because they they mentioned something about it being sometime in the future, but with kind of like feudal Japan type style to it. So I guess we'll see more. Uh, It was just kind of briefly announced. And during the same kind of speech, they also mentioned that Prey 2 is uh, currently being worked on. So we should get that. At some point, I'd say within the next two years. That's pretty exciting because I we really like Prey, and I think that could definitely. Be fun. Hell yeah! The more Predator and Alien movies, the better for sure. So we shall see. All right, and that is going to be it for horror news this week. Alrighty, gentlemen. Well, Todd, I think it's your turn 
to tell us what you've been watching since you haven't been on in a couple weeks. So what you've been watching, buddy? Okay. Well, um, I'll do a quick, very quick one to honor David M.G. watched Dawn of the Dead, uh, the morning I learned of his passing. So rest in peace once again to him. Amazing film, five out of five for me. Uh, a new watch, though, was 1977's The Farmer. And uh, this one was on Blu-ray. I'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere. Let me check very quickly. The answer is yes, on Tubi. And uh, this one is a World War II vet, decorated World War II vet, you know, comes back home. Uh, he wants to live the quiet life on a farm. It's his father's farm that passed it down to him. And he's got like this, this black helper guy that like runs things and like he has to deal with racism and the farmer has, you know, wants nothing to do with that shit. So he defends them in the kind of like a racist town, things like that. Um, and then he falls in with like some fucking mobsters, man. He saves this guy's life. That's like a, like a, a bookie or some shit. And the mobsters blind him. And the guy that's blinded comes back and says, Hey man, you saved my life. Now I need you to do me a favor and I'll give you money to rescue your farm from foreclosure. You just got to kill these mobsters. And he's like, I don't want to. But then the farmer's girlfriend, unfortunately, there's a very graphic and disturbing rape scene with the mobsters and his, his lady, which goes on way too fucking long. The only thing good coming out of that is you cannot wait for the mobsters to get killed, which the farmer finally is like, you know what? I'm done. Oh, and they killed his black friend, too. So you get two bad scenes back to back. Yeah, but he goes on a rampage killing him. And it's more like of a death wish more than a horror movie. Um, and I love the premise. It just took way too long to get to the meat. Like, I wanted to see the revenge stuff happen. And unfortunately, we have a lot of, like, is he going to be, in a, you know, take matters in his own hands? Is he not? Is he going to be quiet? Is he going to embrace his soldiering and things like that? So really like the premise. I really like the ending. But overall, it was like a three out of five for me. So that's The Farmer from 1977. All right. Uh, my first one tonight is a my February movie pick for the you know 12-month movie challenge where our listeners gave us 12 movies to check out for February. Um, this one was recommended by Shaylin, I believe. Three Little Chord Me, is that her name? Little, little Three Chord Me. Little Thrill Three Chord Me, close enough. So this is 1986's Gothic, which you can check out over on Tubi. I never even heard of this movie. This one is an interesting story of sort of a loosely based tale on the how the Frankenstein novel was written by Mary Shelley. So it's about Mary Shelley and Percy Shelley going to Lord Byron's castle for the weekend of absolute debauchery, uh, of complete sex and drug-fueled debauchery, which did, you know, happen uh, if you kind of read about the story here. But this one goes kind of into the fever dream aspect of everything that happened over that weekend. The cast is just a murderer's row, man, of talent. Uh, as you has, you have Gabriel Byrne, Julian Sands, Natasha Richardson, and one of my all-time favorite character actors of Timothy Spall, who you've seen, if you might not know his name, but you've seen him in like literally everything. But man, this movie is fucking insane. It it's just extremely horny to start. Like it's just like orbs, just like orgies like happening like throughout the movie. And it just has this whole sort of horny vibe to it because they're all taking it's like liquid fucking some sort of like liquid like cocaine or liquid heroin you know that they're all just fucking like just tripping balls off of so the movie just goes into like all these sort of nightmarish 
you know, trip visions and stuff like that. They have throughout the whole movie some really like crazy imagery uh, throughout, you know, the cast all gives just absolutely amazing performances. You know, this isn't going to be for everyone, that is for sure, because the movie is like really, you know, I would say nonsensical in a lot of ways because it's really like just drug-induced visions and stuff like that. But to me, it was just so incredibly memorable, and I really enjoyed the hell out of it. I I really, really dug it. I'm so glad that I watched it and that it was brought to my attention. It's a movie that I think is unforgettable in a lot of ways, and I think it's really cool that it's, you know, you know, uh, kind of the backdrop of one of the most sort of iconic nights in horror history with sort of the inception of the Frankenstein novel. So it's really, really cool. I gave it a three and a half out of five because as much as I loved it, I do find, I you know, it, it took me a minute to figure out what the hell was going on, you know, at times. But it all sort of ties together in the end. Uh, so if you're into weird, I say definitely check it out. If you're not into weird, you might want to skip this one, but it's a wild ride, and I, I definitely recommend it. So that's Gothic 1986. You can check it out over on Tubi. I haven't seen the movie, but I vividly remember that VHS box from the video store when I was a kid. I don't, there's something about that VHS box that I just absolutely remember. So my first one this week is my fifth week doing this series. This is the penultimate one because there's only one more in the series, and that is 1998's Subspecies 4, Bloodstorm, or also The Awakening, depending on where you watch it. And I watched it over on Tubi. So just going to say it out here at the beginning here, spoilers for the Subspecies series. If you're interested, forward two minutes because I'm going to spoil the whole series right now. Basically, every single movie in this series is Radu the Vampire. He... And the first one, he like turns a girl into a vampire and then people try to save her and then they kill him at the end and save her. Then the next movie, he gets her back and he comes back to life. She gets taken again. He goes after her. It's it's like the same fucking story over and over and over. He dies. She comes back. She di- He dies. She comes back. It's like the same fucking thing. Subspecies 4, the exact same formula. Radu comes back to life magically after spe- uh, Subspecies 3, and he wants to get reunite with his love from the first one again, and he chases her down everywhere. But this time, the one thing that makes it interesting is they bring in one of the characters, uh, Ash, from the, the spinoff movie, Vampire Journals. So that's really cool. And the movie's okay. I mean, th- these movies are all okay. You know, none of them are super special. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch any of these, but uh, they're a fine watch if you like vampire stuff. Uh, Radu is a really cool character, so I do enjoy it for this. It's just the formula is getting really tired at this point. I, I think it's time that they move forward. It's almost like Mario and Princess Peach. Like, it's the same fucking thing every single time if you're looking at it story-wise. So I actually, for the first time in the series, I'm not giving it a three out of five. I lowered it slightly to two and a half out of five. So still decent film, but like, come on, guys, like change the formula a little bit, please. So that's subspecies for Bloodstorm or The Awakening over on Tubi. For all you uh, lovebirds out there, Full Moon is having their up to 50% off sale. So if you need some um, statues, do you get any statues? No, I have them. I have them all. I have oh, I, 
Yeah, I bought them over the nice. like the last four years. On the, I bought two a year for the fifty yeah, percent off sale. Off. So yeah, Can't I'm all set. I, I got the whole collection now. So very, very cool. Exciting. All right, my last one here is uh, I had a movie day with uh, the homies TJ and Brent, and the first film we watched was uh, one that Brent brought called Grave Robbers from 1988. Let me read you the first line here, uh, (laughs) the description from Letterboxd for the type of film you're going to get into. Cute waitress slash hooker is romanced and wed to a handsome stranger slash funeral director. So, uh, yeah, we have this young lady. She's working at a... A little like greasy spoon hole in the wall restaurant <laughs> out of nowhere. No, okay. So this guy comes in before that and he is a sleaze ball and he has a fucking briefcase. And he's like, I'm a salesman. I'm the top salesman. And he opens it up. I sell condoms. You want to try one out? I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Then this other guy comes in wearing a suit who happens to be our stranger slash funeral director. And 20 seconds into the film, he proposes to her in the, in the restaurant and he takes her, whisks her away to his uh his estate where it turns out like he reveals that he's a funeral director in a cemetery blah blah blah. a bunch of weird people acting questionable at times and essentially this guy and his cohorts they get women he weds them and then they kill them and have sex with their bodies so they're they're into that super fun in a group it's not a great movie but i give it a solid three out of five because man the ending is insane at one point the henchman that he uh, he's like the the car driver or whatever like he fucking looks like lurch he's driving after her on a motorcycle and his skin starts peeling away it's a really cool effect and then he never spoke the entire movie until he crashes his motorcycle and goes oh shit and he just explodes it's so fucking funny but the weirdest thing in this film is that like it's over like it's resolved whatever and then we get a recap of every single character with the voiceover saying like Todd lived his life peacefully and he like had a great time. We even got a backstory on a dude that we saw for mm, three, four seconds. He, at one point she's running through the town trying to get away from him. And he joins the, like this random guy joins the chase. So we got a backstory of Jimmy, the the dishwasher. It was so funny and it was played straight. And there was an intro of the director saying, some people think this is a comedy. Others a horror. I think you'll like it. And that's all he says. And then we watched the movie. So. If you can get your hands on a copy of this, it's not streaming anywhere, but Grave Robbers 1988, I think you'd have fun with it because it's fucking weird. So, yeah, three out of five. Very cool. Uh, All right, my last one tonight is from 1986, and that is Night of the Creeps. I decided to check this one out because I had seen it, but it had been a long time, and I wanted to check it out because of Living Dead Weekend. Of course, we're going, so I wanted to... Sort of fresh update, which breaking Living Dead Weekend news, ladies and gentlemen, as we are on the air, a guest has been announced for Living Dead Weekend while we are on the air, and a pretty cool one, I think. Fluffy himself from Creep Show, the actor who portrayed Fluffy in the original Creep Show, will be appearing. That is Daryl uh, Ferrucci. So that's pretty cool. I would definitely, I have a Fluffy mask actually, so I might have to bring that to get him to sign. So that that is a pretty cool, fun one right there. They're going to be announcing Creepshow actors all weekend, or all week, I should say. So go check it out. Or we post, we have a Living Dead Weekend page. It is private. So if you are on the Discord, just send uh, Steve a message, and he will get you into that Living Dead Weekend uh, channel for those of you who do plan on attending. But back to Night of the Creeps. 
from 1986. Of course, this year of Living Dead Weekend, they're doing a massive Night of the Creeps reunion. So yeah, this one is about, you know, this one takes place uh, in the 80s. And it's basically about, uh, you know, a college that gets sort of overrun by these alien sort of slugs. And uh, they start overtaking people and turn them into... I guess sort of zombies, like undead zombies slash alien species. You know, this movie is definitely like a love letter to old school sci-fi horror movies. And you know that right from the intro where you have these like really cheesy looking aliens up in space running around. And then, the you know, the, they end up accidentally, it seems like, unleashing uh, this thing into the, the slug sort of into the world and... From there, we have um, our sort of hero played by Jason Lively trying to sort of stop these slugs along with his somewhat sidekick. And then, of course, the great Tom Atkins shows up as the detective to uh, just kick ass and take names. You know, it's it's fun. It's fun. It's super cheesy, midnight movie style uh, flick. You know, so, you, you know, you're going to know what you're getting into, uh, you know, but Tom Atkins is he steals the show here for sure. I think without him, it's probably a lesser movie. But, uh, you know, every time Tom Atkins is on the screen, it's fantastic. It's so much fun. I gave it a three and a half out of five because I I wish they went a little. I feel like it took a little bit of time to get going. And I wish that it went a little crazier than it did. But it has one of the you know, maybe two of the greatest lines in horror, good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. The bad news is they're dead. And then, of course, Tom Atkins yelling, it's Miller time before he kills an alien. So it's it's great. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a good time. So I definitely recommend it. That's Night of the Creeps from 1986. All right. My last one this week is another sequel for something I did last week, and that is 2016's Stakeland 2, The Stakelander. So this uh, movie takes place five years after the events of the original Stakeland. The uh, the kid from that one is now living in New Eden, which is Canada. And uh, he has a family and everything, and things are going super well in this facility. But the vampires go there and ruin the fun for everybody, killing everybody in the settlement but him. So he is back on the run. He goes back to the United States to find his old master uh, named Mr., to uh, kind of start over again and hopefully find another home that he can kind of be safe in. And meanwhile, he meets all sorts of crazy characters and a lot of scary vampires. So this film, I mean, I like the world of Stakeland. Like, I really like the first one. The vampires are, they're scary. They're kind of like zombies, but really powerful, which I really love. And this one, the main villain is like this woman who can control the vampires with her mind. So there's a lot that was interesting about that, but we don't really see her for the majority of the movie. She shows up at the beginning and then at the end. So I didn't feel like a connection to that villain as opposed to the first one, which we really get to know. So it was more of an important uh, battle. And this one just felt like it was lacking a little bit. I still enjoyed it. There's still a lot of great kills, a lot of great effects. Uh, I like the characters that they introduce, but it just wasn't as special as the first one. The ending in particular was felt a little bit rushed. And I don't know, I think, you know, it's it's like one of those that 
if it doesn't match the original, then you're kind of bummed out, right? Like maybe if I'd seen this first, I would have been more into it. But I just wish they had stuck with some of the things that worked in the first one. So I gave it three out of five stars. I did enjoy it. It's just not the four out of five stars I gave the original Snakeland. So that's Snakeland 2, the Snakelander on Tubi. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Totter, bust it out, baby. It's been a couple weeks. I know we're all going to be a little rusty, but hopefully we are ready for trivia. Let's hear those scores. Myself, Todd, and Lee with six. Steve and Joe tied at one apiece. The quarter number one, Trivia 2024. Who would like to lead off? I'll go. I can... All right. Ooh. Okay. So my first one, of course, is yeah. going to be Guess the Movie based off the IMDb Parental Guide, starting with Sex and Nudity. Several women appear topless or scandally clad since the majority of the movie takes place in a strip club. Oh, I like the sound of this. Violence and gore. A man is grabbed violently by the testicles. From dusk till dawn. Wrong. No, no, that was no, gonna no. Be, I was going to say that, Tom, <laughs> and why I didn't. Profanity. There is some profanity, but it is few and far between. Ooh. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. People drinking beer and smoking in a strip club. As you do. Right. <laughs> Frightening and intense scenes. Even though the movie is a horror comedy, there are many frightening intense scenes. The movie, the movie can be very violent at times, and the appearance of some of the vampires can be startling. Sounds like from Dust Till Dawn to me. Exactly. <laughs> Except to had profanity in Dust Till Dawn. This one doesn't. Yeah, that's true. That's it. That's it. Oh, well, okay. it's not from Dust. Vampires Dawn. in a strip club, huh? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, not from Dust Till Dawn. I can't think of another. Is it from Dust Till Dawn? No, it's too? not. It's not in the series. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Blood Money. Um, hmm. Is it? Is it? Is it? Can't think of another it, vampire movie at the strip club. Wrong. Good guess though. Yeah. I mean, he's in that club. Not really mm. strip club though. I guess. Mm. Is it? Oh, I got nothing. Club. Wow. You guys give up? Stri- uh, this, this one was the toughest one of my three. So Zombie yeah. strippers. With that, was, that was in my chamber too until he said vampires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. All right. So the movie is Vamp, which Vamp. was never just shown it. on yeah, uh, Joe Bob's last drive-in last week. Is it good? Is it good? Yeah. Decent. Not not like great, but yeah, decent. All right. All righty. I'll go next. Name the movie based on The Killer. Oh. This is a, I'll call it a semi-franchise. There are two movies Mm. in this series. And The Killer is Joseph. Jowie. (laughs) (laughs) Killer Jowie. Joseph. Two, Two movies. Joseph. I will say... And uh, a little bit of more of a guess here. Uh, they came out in the two th- uh, the two thousand tens on, and both movies have very small casts. Killer Joseph twenty tens onward. In fact, the first movie only had three cast members in it. Really? Yes. Joey, three people. Wow. 
talking like big bigger movies here or are we like um it's a dvd kind of thing is it the strangers I, it definitely didn't i don't think it had a theater oh. release steve had a guess it's Stranger, not the strangers no, no it's more than three but... yeah I have, I have no idea no, i have no idea give up mm-hmm. yep okay the movies are creep oh, oh creep. yeah Whatever happened to Creep freaking 3? Yeah, I seriously. know, we're still Come waiting on. for it. I hope it happens. Was, it, was his name Joseph? Really? Yes. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Joseph. J-O-S-E-F. Oh. Interesting. There you go. Okay. In Cult of Chucky from 2017, what item does Nika trade with a fellow patient right before banging him? Syringe? Is Cult of Chucky? Syringe, incorrect. Yes, Cult of Chucky. She trades uh, a knife. Incorrect. Would you like another guess? Yes. Repeat the question one more time, though. In Cult of Chucky from 2017, what item does Nika trade with her fellow patient before banging him? Before banging him? I don't even remember a banging she bangs him. It's been a while since I've seen Cult of Chucky. Yeah, me too. I only saw it once. This is before she becomes a paraplegic, I guess. No, she's no? paraplegic in there. Oh, really? And he still bangs her? Oh, it's the orderly, right? Um, No, it's a patient. No, it's a patient. I think it's a patient. Yeah. Can't remember. Uh, Patient, orderly, whatever. It's been a while since I've seen it. The mirror, no. Jowie? Dingle? I feel like it's some sort of weapon, but I don't. Incorrect. The correct answer is gum. Gum. Before she takes the cup. (laughs) Oh, my. Hey, we are not doing good today. (laughs) We're rusty. Rusty. We're right. back to uh, IMDb parental guide on this one. Okay. Sex and nudity. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. Please. Partially covered breast is shown with a nipple piercing. Okay. Violence and gore. I'm going to name two of them. Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Damn. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Because yeah. Yeah. Uh, Melinda Clark got her That's nipple right. out. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a great one. You ever met her? She's, no, doing, she's, 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 she's been doing, doing a couple cons, cons recently, yeah. yeah. All right. Will eventually, hopefully. All right. All right, be, uh, guess the movie based on the IMDb <laughs> information. Yeah. All right, this movie released in 2001 with an R rating, locking in at 1 hour 36 minutes. Categorized as a dark comedy and slasher horror. Currently sitting at a 4.9 out of 10 over on IMDb. Director, Jamie Blanks. Cast, Jessica Jessica Capshaw, Jessica Cofield, Heidi Burris, Catherine Heigl, and Marley Shelton. And I'm leaving out couple of the other big names in this one. I don't remember. I remember Catherine Heigl being something early, early 2000s. I just can't remember. Tag- um, Bride of Chucky. It is not Bride of Chucky. Tagline. This one might give it away. Tagline. Love hurts. Love hurts. Valentine? Correct. Love stays. It's Valentine, and I was leaving out the two big actors of David Boreanaz. And Denise Richards. Hmm. Oh. I'm not a fan of that one. Not a fan. 
No, me either, really. really Although it's been getting, it's. I feel like it's gotten like a kind of a resurgence lately. Yeah, it's because there aren't a lot of Valentine movies. Right, for, exactly. For so you gotta yeah. like, yeah. All right. In what 2002 prequel will you find Agent William Graham? 2002 prequel. Yes, 2002 prequel. Will you find Agent William Graham? It is a huge property with a series of films. Prequel. Yep. Prequel. So the franchise was big, I would guess, in the 90s or 80s. Yeah, yeah you're on the right track. Okay. And it's a prequel, and it's a mm. cop character. Yeah. Name Will, aka William Graham. Mm. We've seen this. I, yeah, I guarantee you. See. You guarantee. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> highly likely is. Yeah, highly likely you've seen. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I can't think of That's prequels. A... Uh, there's not a ton of prequels in the. Bill Graham, huh? Will Graham, yep. Billy Graham, F FBI agent. Oh, Will Ooh, Graham. I'll give yeah. you the oh, okay. Wait, I got it. Uh, Red Dragon. Correct. Yes. Nice. Red Dragon. FBI is a giveaway for you, I guess. It was, yeah. <laughs> Played by Mr. Edward Norton. It's also one of the only prequels I can think of for horror. Of we just era. reviewed that actually not too long ago. No, we well, did Hannibal a year ago. Oh, Hannibal. Okay. We didn't. We, didn't no, we did Red Dragon. Dragon. We nope. just did Hannibal, huh? Just Hannibal. All right. Fine. All right. I'm going back to last year's Valentine's Day movie for this one, which was oh, <laughs> uh, "So I Married an Axe Murderer." Uh, oh, there you yeah. go. Love it. Oh uh, man. Oh God, no! Whoa! Oh yes! Head. Oh yes! <laughs> During the poem where he starts oh. with "Woman," <laughs> whoa, man! He names whoa. three cartoon characters. Can you name them? Uh, Betty. Mm -hmm. That's one. Josie, Josie, and those hot pussy cats. That's two. Who's the, who's the third? Wilma. Wrong. No. Sure. Uh, you only have one more, Todd. You can steal it. I know. Uh, Velma. Okay, I have no idea. I don't remember that at all. They make me horny Saturday morning. <laughs> exactly. God, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Judy. <sighs> That's right. Judy, Betty, oh. Josie, <laughs> no hot pussy cats. <laughs> God, so awful, man. <laughs> I still like that movie, though. No. <laughs> I don't remember what I rated it at the time. But... <laughs> Too high, whatever it was. Probably. <laughs> all right, last one here. All right. For you, anyway. Okay. Who gets impaled on a meat hook in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974? Mm. Now you look for the character's name. I need the character's name, correct. You can't just say woman. Whoa. <laughs> I, know, I, I know the actress. <laughs> right. Um, Terry, Terry McGinn, because uh, we met her. Yeah. What is her name? What is her little uh, name? Sarah? Incorrect. Jew. I feel like it begins with a J. Am I on the right track? No, you're not. <laughs> okay. Of course, I had to take down my fucking like horror autographs. I could just look over uh, and see uh, her character <laughs> name. Uh, Sandy. Sandy is incorrect. The correct answer is Pam. Pam. Her name is mm. Pam. Gotcha. Or Pam Pams. Names. Gotcha. The worst. Names. Yeah. Character names. Character Pam. names and American geography. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't do very good this Fucking week. Both. Oh, you got you still have your question, Joe. I do. Oh, okay. I got one more. All right. Awesome. Yeah. All right. 
three letterbox reviews name the movie number one iconic i don't even know how many times i've watched this over the years it's so dumb and so 90s i love it so much Okay. Number two. She was fearless and crazier than him. And number three. Romeo and Juliet who? Is it Candyman? Is it, is it uh, Correct. Bride of Chucky? It is Bride of Chucky. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's going off the cuff there. All right. Did it? Yes. Steve of the Big Night 3, Joe and myself tied at 1, which brings us to me in the lead with 7, Steve second, 4th. I mean, with 4 points, Joe with 2. I'll have my revenge. <laughs> You'll have his revenge in this life or the next. Exactly. Like, like two in theaters this year. <laughs> All right. Very nice, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Or gentlemen, I should say. So let's get into it now. Our main event of the evening 1993's My Boyfriend's Back, directed by Bob Balaban, starring Andrew Lowry, Tracy Lynn, Danny Zorn, and Edward Herman, along with a lot of other character actors, which we will discuss later on. Also produced by Sean S. Cunningham that horror fans will know very well, and composed by Harry, Harry Manfredi. So a lot of Friday the 13th ties to this one. Plot, a teenage boy comes back from the dead because he is determined to win the most beautiful girl in school. Totter, can you give us a little more on the plot? Sure. So we, uh, we find our young man at a birthday party, and we have a voiceover saying, man, I love this girl. And they show this little girl, I think they're what, maybe eight-ish, something around that age. And he has this little... Uh, this little present wrapped up all nicely. And he's like, if I give her this, it's going to make her love me. But he chickens out. And then flash forward into high school, they're seniors or whatever. He sits behind her. He pines over her. She's hot. She's with the jock played by Jack from Lost. He has no chance. He's kind of a fucking dork. And he <laughs> has this master plan uh, to have his friend um, pretend to be a thief, a robber, whatever. And he goes to her work. And the idea is like, all right, you break in with a gun, it's fake, whatever, you hold up to place, I'm going to knock your ass out, and she's going to fall in love with me because I, you know, I went went to bat for her. But unfortunately, a real thief comes, has a real gun, he goes to shoot her, he jumps in front of the bullet, gets shot, and then in his dying breath, he's like, will you go to the prom with me? And she's like, sure, because he's fucking dead, right? Uh, they bury him, all that shit, and then a couple minutes later, he crawls out of the grave, and this grave guy, the grave fucking caretaker is like hey man like you can't leave he's like why he's like eh i'm not gonna tell you because my i'm i'm just gonna leave it at that and never bring it up again in this whole entire fucking movie so he leaves everyone's like happy to see him freaked out about him being back his parents are fucking weird the town's fucking strange and his goal as a zombie is just to go go to prom with his girl that he loved and we'll leave it at that i watched it a long time ago and didn't remember a whole lot of it and uh, so this one's kind of a fresh watch besides like, you know, you know, the, the story beats and all that stuff. <sighs> Man, I, I think we're like 0 for 3 now for me with, with Valentine's Day horror. We got Valentine and like, my boyfriend's back, spoiler, didn't like. And then whatever we did last year, oh, the fucking axe murderer. It's fucking terrible. 
there's some cool stuff in it. Like, I really love the premise. I think it's really dope that, like, this guy's coming back from the dead and he's slowly, slowly deteriorating because obviously he shouldn't leave the graveyard, which wasn't provided to us, but it's kind of clear that's what's the, what the, what the deal is just because he loves this chick. But it's super weird, man. He's, a, he's a fucking creep. He has really weird sexual fantasies in inappropriate uh, areas and <laughs> 17, 18, my ass, this motherfucker looks 35 years old. So, uh, <laughs> what'd you guys think? Yeah. So I, I remember this movie fondly from my childhood. I remember watching it like a lot because it was on TV like all the time for whatever reason. But I hadn't seen it in probably a solid, I don't know, 15 years or whatever. But man, I got to say, I remember this movie like almost beat for beat, even though I I, I, had, I haven't seen it in forever. I don't know. I, I feel like I have a lot of nostalgia colored glasses for this one because just watching it again just made me like just brought it a smile to my face again i i really had a lot of fun with this one i and i think it's similar to probably so i married an axe murderer where like i watched it a lot as a kid so it was just like brought back sort of just great memories for me i found the movie just like charming for the most part you know i i disagree with the sexual fantasy part because like man he's like supposed to be a, a high school senior i think we all kind of were like just like horny teenagers back then so like it made it made sense to me and I found most of the, you know, they were stupid, but funny. I, I loved sort of the, the stupid dry humor in this one too. Like everyone just plays him coming back to from the dead, just completely nonchalantly. Um, and it's like, just not like a big deal, like whatsoever, which I thought was great. was funny. Like, and it, it just worked for me here. You know, the, I felt like there wasn't though, as far as complaints, I feel like the chemistry like happened too fast between uh johnny and missy i believe her name is um our characters in this one you know i feel like he didn't quarter like enough like she like instantly just kind of was like attached to him and in love with him so i feel like they could have done a better job sort of um developing that romance rather rather than getting it right into it although that really isn't what this movie was going for it was mostly going for sort of the the dumb and stupid laughs here just great like character actors uh throughout this movie that i think really elevates the movie you got cloris leachman in here you have um edward herman i believe his name is who has kind of been in a little bit of everything except the lost boys dad yes yep um he's in here or he's not the law. He's not the dad. He's the uh, uh, the, the well, villain. He's the, dad, the main. Like the, the he's like the head vampire. Yeah. yeah, the head vampire. Uh, you got Philip Seymour Hoffman, Matthew <laughs> Fox uh, in here. I I like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Matthew McConaughey. He plays like such a weird ass role in it. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey, which I I believe this was like a lot of their first movie. Uh, what yeah. I read on IMDb. And then you just got like a lot of sort of uh, other people that like you've seen in movies, but you can't like place them and stuff. But yeah, I liked it. I liked the sort of the friend, even like this, the friend character as well here, kind of trying to be like a really good best friend and, and helping him out. Yeah. I mean, we'll get more into it, but overall I, I, I had fun with it. I think it's, it's stupid, but I had a good time. So I also watched this in the nineties. And I thought that was the last time I watched it, but I was told by someone, oh, we watched it together like five years ago. And I do not recall that whatsoever. So Lord knows what happened there. But like Joe, I also had a smile on my face uh, with this movie when it ended because it was fucking awful. <laughs> Good God, I could not with this movie. It is, it's, it fails as a comedy. I didn't laugh once, I don't think. It fails as a horror. 
because it's, it doesn't i mean it's not supposed to be a horror but the horror parts were just really awful it was so wishy-washy with the story i i didn't know what was real what was a dream uh, like you said the relationship comes out of nowhere like she just falls for him out of for no reason either it's like oh you're losing parts for me that's so awesome like great that's it's it's such a weird relationship like i don't know what what the hell this movie was on but there's just not a whole lot that i liked about it uh, i thought the music was actually pretty bad which sucks because i like the composer of this film but there's a scene where he goes to the doctor the music was so bad that i had to like i actually wrote it out on my friggin uh notes like geez what the fuck are they thinking here and my biggest music gripe is i cannot believe they didn't put my boyfriend's back the song anywhere in this movie like what are you thinking i thought that was the whole point of calling this movie my boyfriend's back because apparently the studio forced them to put uh this title on it was called something else before and they named it my boyfriend's back after as a studio note i thought it's because okay well we need to have that song in it but nope not once not throughout this whole movie yeah other than the cool cameos you know from the people that eventually became really big in fact i read that renee zellweger also appears in this movie but they cut out her scene so they had four basically people who would become big actors in the future that all appeared in this movie in their first or one of their first roles so yeah i just i really wanted to like this one but i did not at all let me ask you yeah. a question real quick go for it no i was just going to mention that the movie was originally titled johnny zombie hmm. that was the original title and Which then my boyfriend's name, so yeah. i kind of get it <laughs> <laughs> So, um, has anyone or have you ever seen anyone put a pie on a windowsill to cool? Or is that strictly a movie thing? Cartoons, especially? Like, not, yeah. It's going to be a movie thing, but you do see it a lot. Like, I'm see uh, it a ton. Serial Mom did it. Uh, Life. I remember the comedy there did it, which that was a great parents scene. Yeah, yeah, parents. Yeah. So, um, honestly, the title is dumb as shit, but that makes sense that a studio kind of. I, I'm sorry. The title mean, doesn't even title make sense. It, doesn't, it wasn't even her boyfriend. <laughs> it should be like my acquaintance is back. <laughs> right. like, they, I don't know, man. It, it's just, I don't want to shit on it because I know you like it, Joe. But like, I, I, I just not have a good time with it. No, I mean, listen, it's, oh, I, I can realize it's nostalgia colored glasses for me in a lot of ways because I know it's not like a great movie by any stretch. High, highlight for me, though, personally, was Phil, Phil Moore, Seymour Hoff, Philip Seymour Hoffman because he, he plays his character with like his lower jaw jutted out and he's like it's he's a he's a jock which <laughs> it's pretty funny but he's just so fucking weird like he is more mad about his his friend's girlfriend hanging out with the zombie than the friend the friend jack is himself he's fucking trying to kill him with a bat it's like i don't know man he's his performance is just like unhinged and i probably the highlight for me i agree yeah his his uh his performance was great uh, it's just so goofy. I kind of wish he like came back too. Like I started, I kind of wish like other people kind of came back in this and kind of had like a, a whole sort of little zombie thing and Johnny trying to figure that out uh, as well, instead of just like him trying to figure out how he can survive in uh, enough time to take Missy to the prom, which was his, his only goal of the movie. Yeah. I, I just read actually Pierre Jackson was offered to direct this movie. I can't Oof. even imagine the type of movie we would have got. I think it would have been a completely different tone uh, of movie here um also ed neal makes an appearance in this as well he's one of 
big chunks chucks hedge henchman um that goes on this sort of uh shooting spree in that one scene there but yeah i man it's the movie just has such a fucking bizarre tone to it and yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what i dug about it though in a lot of ways it's just really interesting though i i the horror ties to this one with sean as coming uh cunningham like being like yeah man i, I want to make this movie and it just like who is this movie for like is it it's not really for horror fans I think, I think it's not really gross. for like a mainstream audience either but it's so weird right like it has such a weird tone like i feel like uh mainstream audiences wouldn't even like it's like a john waters movie and a lot like it has like this sort of weird ass tone to it you know it's like if john waters directed a a teenage you know comedy it's it it's a like it's it's bizarre i would have loved to see the the zombie movie that they're watching in the theater <laughs> I wrote, it's actually I wrote a real movie it. it looks better yeah. than this fucking movie yeah, like i wish i was in the theater yeah. watching that instead seriously and the 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 axe being in the school give me a fucking break i don't know maybe maybe in the 80s who knows maybe, the, 90s yeah. the, fucking, the parent the parents kidnapping a child to feed to their undead son was fucking <laughs> weird as hell yeah the whole um, so it's a lot of slapstick humor in this, which I don't like. It's probably like to me the lowest form of humor, which a lot of people are like, dude, you like zombie ass toilet of the dead. <laughs> so you know, I'm no, I'm no uh, stranger to you know, kind of low, low hanging fruit humor. But I don't know, it just wasn't working for me in this. You know, a lot of jokes about his dick. Yeah, you know, at one point it's too small, at one point off. it's falls falling off. Then they throw a bologna sandwich and onto his like you know into his grave why there's just i don't know it just wasn't funny at all to me and that if it's not funny then you know you're just kind of going along for the ride and just confused i I wrote this line down i don't remember why but i sure like beans does that ring a bell to anybody no (laughs) i don't know if i I wrote it down because i wanted beans or not but maybe someone said it but i wrote down I, i sure like beans so I did appreciate horror yeah. of the unde- horror of the undead when they were uh, when Missy was uh, they were trying to like they called her a zombie slut and then uh, horror <laughs> of the undead was my personal favorite right, insult. That's pretty good. That should have been got. the title. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, if you want to check out that movie in theaters, it's called it's a made for TV film called The Midnight Hour. Oh so shit! Maybe you I'm can find it somewhere up. right there. But would you guys, uh, you know, would you guys think of sort of I guess the ending? You know, where he gets his, he goes up to heaven and he, you know, he dies. He does get his chance. He does take her to prom. Of course, he, he goes through, uh, you know, eating flesh along the way and stuff like that. Um, including a, there's a lot of like weird dream sequences too, where Missy is saying, eat me, which I feel like had a double entendre there, uh, at one point, which, you know, teenage boys, I get it. But yeah, I mean the, you know, he ends up dying, goes up to heaven and finds out. We made a mistake. You weren't supposed to die, you know, in the thwar- in the fake robbery that happened, and he gets a second chance at, at life. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I was so far gone at this point. I I I did enjoy seeing him go to like the waiting room and shit like that, and talking mm-hmm. to the judge or whatever. But uh, I guess Steve, go ahead with the ending before I get my pitch on the sequel. Steve yeah. said, it's because it's again like the judge he's trying to be funny but i didn't find it funny at all he's just he's all like kind of goofy and he's saying all these weird lines and the whole thing like we okay you get to start over because we made a mistake it was just such a weird cop-out and 
I don't know. Like I, I was reading the reviews on Letterboxd after I watched it, and a lot of people love the fact that people kind of no sell the fact that he's dead. Like it's a, just a normal part of life over there. But to me, that was so stupid because like no one else is dead. It's not like there's other zombies walking around. It's it's just the whole film was weird and that ending sequence. I, I love a good going to heaven sequence. I mean, we've seen a few films, uh, you know, Bill and Ted focus journey being one of them that I thought was funny, but this one is just by this point, like Todd, I was just like, Oh God, I want to stand already. So plot hole or something I missed. And then I do have a version. I think that's a better film that we could talk about, but all right. So the locket, when he gets a second chance, stops a bullet. But at that point in time, the locket was safe inside his closet. Right. So therefore, it couldn't have been on his body at that time, unless you allow the fucking time travel or theory, whatever the fuck happened, to be true. But I don't. So I think it's a plot hole. What do you guys think? I went with it because, you know, like, it's, it's, I think it shows us that everything that happened, like, when he was a zombie was, was real sort of you know it wasn't like supposed to be like a dream sequence and then them giving him like the second chance like it's like both things like really happened right but in sort for of him alternate only. right well like an alt yeah like for him only sort of like an alternate reality sort of thing and then like you know him coming back is sort of like the universe kind of like rewinding you know and then but that locket is still there as like a reminder that that stuff like did happen when Missy puts it on him at the end. And it's what saves his life. So or, I, I went with it. Or he oh. does die at the end of the dance. And that's just him and his idea of heaven. It's because Possibly. everything's happening the way that he would like to in like this Greece. alternate future. So maybe this is just his heaven is him getting, treatment. getting like with it. the girl. And yeah, maybe. Maybe. What do you guys think of that? Here's something I am pretty positive on and I liked was the comic book like sequences. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like a cool Decent, little yeah. take. Yeah. Yep. Liked it. yeah here's here's where I think the movie could have been a little bit better is um, we all know Johnny like wants to impress her desperately, right? And he fails. But you know who does like complete the mission is Eddie. Like his friend Eddie comes in there. He rescues her, knocks out the robber. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been interesting if she he dies, right? And then she falls in love with Eddie and like completes what his plan was initially, which is rescue her from the robber. Like he does. So I thought that would have been a cool, like, like who do you root for at that moment? Do you root for Eddie? Do you root for Johnny? I think that could have been a nice little wrinkle in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool. I mean, yeah, I would have been down for that. It's not like what they were going for. They were kind of going for the more yeah. obviously like low hanging fruit of it. Uh, all uh, they, you know, it was basic, pretty basic, but that, yeah, that would have been interesting. I agree. I actually like that ending a lot more because it's like this whole thing was basically for his friend to get the girl like, you know, I get fate was supposed to be, you know, or something like that. So I I like that better. But there's something you said, Todd, which I had also noticed, which I really hated is the gravekeeper. Like, what was the point of warning him of what was out there when a he looked like he's done this before? for some reasons, but even we didn't see it. He said he did it. he's done it before. He said right. like 15 years ago it happened, yeah. which is why the town wasn't so shocked because like it was sort of like a pet cemetery <laughs> scenario where apparently people come back from the dead every once in a while. Yeah, in but we, we never find out what the warning was, which such a big plot hole. Like that would be well, awesome to know what. Right. I, I mean, obviously this movie, like when you really think, like if you want to fucking like go into a sort of uh, assessment of it, right? It's sort of 
like I, to me, like it, it kind of like sort of like like mixed race sort of dating, right? Like it's like a, a, a almost like it reminded me of like the first time, sort of like uh, you know, you go into like sort of a racist town and like a a, a you know a black guy's dating a white girl or something You're like that. The weeds you know? now with this and, message, right? I, but it is like it is like similar, right? Like it's like the town like completely ostracizing these couples, you know. And I I think that is sort of a I think that is sort of like when it was written, like kind of what they were thinking, you know, instead, but instead of, you know, a mixed race couple, you have a zombie, uh, you know, and a girl falling in love. And it shows like how this town kind of is against them, you know, but love sort of conquers all. I mean, that's really sort of the, the central theme around this movie. All right. I, I'm, I'm on team town though. <laughs> the townsmen were not wrong. <laughs> we need to take it down. A zombie. Down. Right. He killed a fucking guy. I know Philip. He didn't kill often. him. I know, but that whole action <laughs> led to his death. So therefore, he killed him by association. He, he's a fucking zombie. He needs to be destroyed. He did eat him, even though he was he, dead. Yeah. But it's kind of fucked yeah. up. <laughs> his parents need to go to jail for fucking kidnapping at the very least. <laughs> but am I crazy to think that? Like that sort of central. I, I think that's what they were going for. Right. Know? But I don't think they did it successfully. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, Maybe like, not. And and I think the biggest issue of the whole movie, which we did touch on, is that I wasn't buying this relationship whatsoever. Because right. It came so out of nowhere. Like there's no seduction scene. There's no, you know, it just she just yeah. kind of falls for him out of nowhere. And it was it's too fast. Yeah. Yeah, it agreed. made no sense. Like obviously he had the love for her, but like she didn't have like anything for him and yeah i agree it did ha it just happened too fast with not enough like chemistry there whereas like you know warm body something we did it was sort of a they did a much better job at sort of developing that sort of relationship and chemistry in a better slower acting but nicely done development yeah warm bodies the best valentine's movie we've watched so far on this podcast oh, yeah by far it's a good movie <laughs> An actually effective like zombie love yep. story <laughs> this right. one was not all right yep. i think i think that pretty much covers it yeah all right I, i'm i'm gonna go last since you know you guys are both the negative nancy's on this so we'll end on a positive note so someone let's take go, it away let's go steve first we'll go from least to <laughs> highest yeah i fucking hate it I, i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i just i'm not giving it like a half star because you know, it's it was still like colorful, and it, I like that era. You know, it reminds me of my time in school and everything like that. But I'm not far from it. I'm giving it one star out of five. I did not enjoy watching it whatsoever, and I'm I'm like almost mad because it's the first movie I've had to like actually pay for in a long time because I couldn't <laughs> find like it any other way. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it! Why did I have to do this one? You know, so yeah, one out of five. yeah. I am slightly higher. I like the premise i think performances were pretty cool and it's always it's always great with these 90s films or this era to spot like who's going to be the next big star like matthew mcconaughey has one line in this and he's like yeah. one of the biggest movie stars of all time right now you know what I mean? so that's really cool to spot people like that rest in peace hoffman amazing actor it's such a shame he's gone i'm at a two out of five and what the fuck get the song in the end credits at least <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree. Not hearing the song, calling the movie my bars back, and not playing the song at least once—it just made you know no sense. Uh, at least make it make sense. But you know, I, I don't know, man. I, for me, it's like nostalgia. I think if I watched this movie for the first time now, I probably would have been like with you guys. I would have hated it. But for whatever reason, the nostalgia color glasses for me. 
just, I don't know. It just, it really just brought a smile to my face. I enjoyed watching it. It made me feel warm again. I'm very high on this compared to you guys. I'm at three and a half out of five. Cause I would watch it again. Like after watching it, I was like, man, that was fun. I had fun watching it. I would watch it again. So, you know, it's, it's goofy, man. It's not like a good movie. It's kind of like a, it's bad, but it's good type movie for me. So yeah, maybe just I'll get Sean Cunningham when I meet him next month to sign up my boyfriend's back poster just for the hell of it. All right. I think that is going to be about it for this week's episode. Next week, Steve, what do we got? For my, what might be the fifth time, I think, that we're, <laughs> we're supposed to do this, but I think we're finally doing it. We're going to do my pick, which is The Mist, which I'm looking forward to. So hopefully we can get it done. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Nice. Yes. You yeah. watch the black and white version is the question. No. Black and white or color? I've actually never seen it. the black and white version. It's a color. special feature on the Blu-ray. So is it? Mm-hmm. I have to check uh, my copy. Yes. I don't know. If, I don't remember it, my Blu-ray having that. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Uh, I also like to mention we forget. I keep forgetting to do this every week because we're trying to do this every week. My boyfriend's back, currently sitting at a two point nine over on Letterboxd. So higher than both of you guys, more towards me. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So. Go and check out The Mist for next week. It's definitely streaming somewhere. I think it is on Netflix currently here in the States, if I'm not mistaken. So go and check that out for next week's review. In the meantime, you can keep up with us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads. Just search The Horror Squad Podcast. You can, of course, email us at any time, Podcast at gmail.com. But the absolute best way to keep up with the podcast is our Discord all you got to do is send us a email, send us a DM through our socials, and we will get you a link to join the Discord. Completely free to join. Amazing community over there. We got Movie Club every month. We have a whole bunch of great discussions over there. A ton of channels to sift through and talk horror and non-horror with a great horror community. So please join us over on our Discord. Don't forget, important weekends, June 7th through the 9th. Living Dead Weekend in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. LivingDeadWeekend.com for all details. Grab the 1 p.m. mall tour if you haven't already, if you plan on joining, because that will definitely sell out. Or you can also join us October 11th through the 13th in Salem, Massachusetts for our very special Hocus Pocus Weekend. A lot of deep more details to come regarding that weekend coming up. You can check, uh, you can keep it up. It's just a bunch of Halloween dot com for details on that but of course we'll keep you up more up to date over on our discord with all the information for that you can also buy merch tpublic.com search the horror squad podcast bunch of awesome designs over on there it's also linked in our instagram as well to that tpublic shop probably the fastest and easiest way to find the shop but great designs we are potentially planning a very special design for living dead weekend don't quote me on that but we are hopeful that maybe we'll have something out for that so uh, we'll let you guys know if we do plan on doing that and if you would like to support the podcast you can also leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app that definitely helps the podcast probably the most so we appreciate that help spread the word so that is it ladies and gentlemen for this week's episode and we'll see you next week for the mist bye all right see you
that work.